You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, happy holidays, Miss Shannon. Thank you. <laughs> is your tree up? Oh, yeah. We, I mean, come on. We are kind of, I'll, I'll self-disclose, we set up before Thanksgiving. Just, oh my! Just because, and <laughs> here's the rush. Here's the rationale. It's because we always travel at Thanksgiving to go see family, either right. go out to Colorado to see my sister and ski, or family up in Kansas. And one of the great things is when you come home and it's already set up. So we set up the weekend before Thanksgiving, like whenever we have an evening before. If we know we're going to be traveling that way, we come home from Thanksgiving and it's holidays. So you're you're a smart man, very smart man. And I like you set that reframe. Yeah, I like before. that reframe. Thank you. <laughs> you set it up before the weather got so stinking cold. Yes, it does get cold in Texas yes. on occasion. It doesn't last long, but um, I am really digging my heels in. Uh, believe it or not, we are not decorating our tree until tomorrow because our daughter is away at grad school. Yep. And for me, decorating is really all about the family reminiscing because right. when, when Greg and I started dating – we bought each other an ornament our first year together before we even started or before we you know, were even planning the wedding. We just what we thought this is going somewhere. So let's commemorate this. And so then we had a first year of married life and, you know, first house yeah, first, yeah. and every single year the kids have gotten their own ornaments. So Aaron's 23. She has 23 ornaments. Matt's 20. He has 20. So to me, that, yeah. that's a part of it. And the kids have to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's kind of the holiday thing. And I mean, cause to me, that's the struggle. It's all that we, tradition. Yeah, that's the struggle we have because with with little ones, it, it's it's how do we try to teach them holidays are not about presents. <laughs> you know, right. It's more than that, and so it's it's also trying to figure out, you know, how, what's the message that we're really trying to send, and how do we, what are we trying to live, and what's the story is right. the is the way I love the phraseology. And here, here's my um, honest take on what's about to happen tomorrow. Um, the more realistic picture of what takes place in the Etheridge household is that we put in white Christmas and dad drags everything out of the attic and our daughter lays on the couch rolling her eyes and watching white Christmas as if it's the first time she's ever seen it. <laughs> while Matthew is totally into the ornaments. Right. It's, 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 it's so predictable. Isn't but, that, hey, but isn't that just kind of a microcosm of the way marriage plays out in a lot of people's lives that... One Everybody person's totally, one, yeah, them. one person's totally into something and the other's just kind of rolling their eyes and nonchalant <laughs> and whatever. And, you know, and I, we even have listeners that are like that, I bet. We have people that are totally into Sexy Marriage Radio, which, hey, you guys rock if nobody's told you that. I'm telling you right now. And then we have others that are, yeah, we just kind of catch up every so often. Or, I, I might get around to listening yeah. someday. So, but hey, Not so welcome time. to Sexy Marriage Radio. Where yeah. we love hearing from our listeners and we love the feedback that we get. And you can send those to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, help us climb the charts. Cause this, I need your help. Not you, Shannon. I, this is to our listeners. <laughs> Good. Cause I'm not a technical well, person. Well, no, no. Th this is, a, this is, a, this is an iTunes specific thing. It's okay. the, it's the five star reviews and it's the comments that help us climb the charts. And yep. one of the things that's always happened with Sexy Marriage Radio is we would jump around in the sexuality category. We would, we would enter in the top 10, sometimes even the top five. But we're not getting into the top 10 as much anymore, but we're staying in the 10 to 15 range mm -hmm. on rankings, so which is huge. 
mm-hmm. as far as an accomplishment, but I want to break the top 10 in 2016. I want to stay in there all the time and, and listeners can help. Goal. Yeah. Listeners can help make that happen by just getting on and leaving comments, getting on and leaving uh, reviews, five stars, anything like that. If you don't like us, that's fine. Leave a, leave a one star. I don't, that, that's not going to hurt my feelings. It might a little, but it's not going to hurt a little, <laughs> but it's, it's, you guys help make this thing happen. You have the whole way through. Um, yeah. and, and I, I'm calling out asking for your help again, straightforward. Yeah. The reality is people do look at reviews before they decide what to listen to. Right. So, and, and they take uh, listeners words for it, you know, over yep. the hosts of the show. So yep. that would be a great way to help. Another great way to help this season uh, is to become a member of the bed buddy club. Yep. Only $10 a month for the French kiss club, $40 a month for the foreplay club or $69 a month for the 69 club. And you get all kinds of, of, uh, uh, things sent to you as our way of saying thank you to help us uh, spread the word even more about Sexy Marriage Radio. Yep. And you also will get uh, first access to the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway, which is happening in June of 2016. More info will be coming around after the first of the year. We'll uh, we'll disclose everything that we have at that point and talk about signups and dates and costs and yep. everything. So. so stay tuned. All right. So here's something that we get regular emails for about is, you know, something along the lines of this theme that our marriage, our sex life was, was pretty good or spectacular or whatever. And then a kid comes along. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right. And, I, and so, so everything changes because you have just the distraction of another body mm-hmm. that has to have you specifically the wife mm-hmm. for its survival. If you're breastfeeding, if you're nursing, you know, so, I, I understand all of that, but that leads me to another concept within this whole thing that I'm probably going to come across as a bad guy in this show. Uh-oh. That, that's my I'll, guess. I'll try, it, I'll try to give it some balance. You'd be, you be the good cop. You'd be the good cop. I'll be the bad cop. Playing the good girl isn't typically my my modus operandi, but okay. <laughs> just, for, just for the purpose of the show. <laughs> but it, it's the whole idea of, you know, because I understand it on the one hand, I understand how, yes, that's going to cause some readjustment in the marriage. Because now all of a sudden you both, husband and wife, have another thing to navigate. But far too often I hear of the kid just, or the kids just become priority and marriage gets put on hold as if we can just pick up where we left off when the kids leave 18, 20 years later. I was going to say that's a long time to wait. Absolutely. It is. There's so many variables that happen and change. And and that's why statistically speaking, the second most, the second highest rate of divorce is after 18 to 20 years of marriage. And that's why right. lots of college freshmen and sophomores get calls from their parents saying, oh, by the way, we're splitting up. Yeah. So. Which is still just as devastating to a teenager or a young adult as it is to a child. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's still a sense of security that comes with my parents are going to grow old together and they're going to take care of each other. And yeah. I'm free to develop my own life and not have to become the surrogate spouse right. to my mom. Dad. Well, and then you even have like the holidays. Yeah, and blah, then, blah, blah. then you even have the more selfish component of that. That now, who do I go visit at the holidays? Who do I stay with? Exactly. In the summer, who do I? You know, and and that just adds and who a do whole, my whole loyalties layer. lie yep. with? And right, right. It's 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 exchanging one set of problems for another set of problems. But that is not our topic today. Our topic today is. How do you start off with these children in such a way that it creates a healthy dynamic where marriage is put as a priority? 
Right. And children take their rightful place one step below. Right. Right. Because I, I think that even though our children want to feel as if they're our number ones, I think there's a lot more security for them when they see that our spouse is number one and that they fall a direct second in line. Right. Right. And so what what I want to address head on is this whole concept of attachment parenting. Yes. Because that's the hot button. That's the big, you know, we're in a child-centric society. And maybe it's <laughs> shifting slightly, but it's still pretty child-centric. But the pendulum has really swung. I yes. mean, when we look over the past several decades, you know, I know that in my mom's family of origin, like that generation, kids were basically produced so that the sharecroppers could have extra farm hands to right. manage the work. And, and my, my mother's siblings are stretched out over, I think 23 years. She has six of them, but it's like every few years they had to have another one so they could have, so children were not like the priority survival was the priority. Absolutely. Yeah. And you children needed, you were needed more workers. Survival. Yep. Exactly. But boy, have we, you know, gravitated to the opposite, opposite end of the spectrum. When you see parents, uh, their whole lives sometimes revolve around getting those kids into private schools and to soccer and to ballet and to Taekwondo and to their scout meetings. And it just, it goes on and on. And right. I look at some parents and scratch my head and go, I don't know how you keep your sanity with the way that you are catering to your kids and you feel as if you have to keep them so busy every minute of every day. It's crazy. Well, okay. But I know why they do it. Why? Are they reliving their own childhood vicariously it's, yes, to their it's, children? It's a, it's a both and because it, it's interesting. Um, your your parents is a great analogy, but then we got to go the next generation, which was us. Mm -hmm. And and if yours, I don't know what if your upbringing was similar to mine, but mine was one of those where it was I was um, not abandoned, but. But you were to, left to be independent. Left to fend for myself. Yeah, I was left to kind of fend for myself. And so yep. the reaction to the child the child centric world has come around because it's a reaction to that. Lots of right. latchkey kids having right. kids saying they will never be alone. I will make sure they're a priority. They will know I'm here. I'll be engaged in their life. And and so the, it comes from a good place. But where right. it starts to become a real issue that I see in my in my office is. A spouse has dove straight into the child's world because there's things going on in their marriage they don't want to deal with. Mm, so the child is kind of a it's, refuge? It's a surrogate spouse. It's a safety right. zone. Right. Yeah. Because even though the child has a lot of demands and expectations and needs, sometimes it's just much easier responding to that, especially being the nurturing creatures that women are, than to respond to this sexual need that our husband has on right. the other side. And what better way to do that than in, to that yeah, what much. better way to keep him at bay? And I'm throwing the women under the bus, and this is probably where I'm going to be the bad go, guy. Go ahead and go there. I but, know what you're going to say. But the, what better way to keep him at bay than invite a kid into the bed? Yep. And just the, to, st to sleep there with me because uh, it's so much easier because then I can just nurse right now. and Or it's so much easier because they can't sleep without me. Or, okay, well, No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. What you've done is set up a dynamic to where you've got multiple people in the house now competing for attention, affection, love, whatever. And and you and you have to have a woman who quite frankly may be fulfilled by that nurturing side with that bond with her child, but in reality she has to be a little frazzled over the fact that she feels very spread thin. Absolutely she would. 
it feels like a stretch Armstrong doll. Yep. You're being pulled in two different directions. If if I'm available for my child, then that means I can't be available for my husband. Let alone available, available for herself. Husband, exactly. That's what I was getting around to. Yeah. Is, is if, I'm avail if she's available for her husband, she can't be available for her child. But what about her? Yes. You know, forget about you know who else needs you. What about the goose that lays the golden eggs in the right. first place? And Are so, you taking care of yourself? Yeah. And I'm sorry, ladies. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of throw us under the bus too. To think that sex is just something that your husband needs, but you don't. That is a crock. <laughs> I mean, I'll edit it for radio, but it's a crock of crap. <laughs> It's a total crock. <laughs> Women need stress relief too. We need, we sleep better when we have an orgasm. We feel better. We're more energized. There's all kinds of health benefits. Stop thinking that this bond with your child is all that you need. And you can just put your husband on the shelf for however long. And you know, the whole question of, you know, like, I totally understand, you know, being a mom, having that baby that is dependent upon your breasts every couple hours sometimes, it seemed like for my son, uh, you do, you, you want to be, that great mom who's doing everything that they can to make, you know, to keep that baby happy. But, um, I totally forgot where I was going. <laughs> That's all right. Well, okay, I, I'm sure it'll come back to you, but it's, it's it that will. whole idea it, of, cause this is, this is the whole thing I've got is I attachment parenting. I got no issue with it, with the whole philosophy of, yes, we need to create a secure bond with our child. I'm, we are not saying that. I'm definitely not saying that I can already hear some feathers being ruffled of, what are you talking about, dude? You were way off your rocker on this one. But I just want to look at the other side of that, the underbelly of this whole thing that people don't talk about is right. what if what's going on in the way we parent, and this happens to both genders. Right. What if what if what the way we parent is actually cruel, not Ooh. to our kid, to our spouse? Ooh. Because what it. I've done is I've set up a scenario where that my spouse now has to compete for me and where now he's the bad guy or she's the bad guy because something or needs something she's the bad guy because husbands do this too fathers do this too where they could they get their son in every single sport because it's what they loved or it's what they want achievement they want trophies via their son they want accolades to be the the kid's father you know and maybe make it on tv at the big game when they're pro and hi mom hi dad yeah and it's and it's just that whole okay but what if what we're actually doing is cruel and that's the side of us i think that we don't spend enough time talking about because there's the whole adage of our people do the best they can with what they have you, you've heard that mm -hmm. sure what if they don't what if they don't well, do the best they can what if what they're doing is actually has a, a an element of cruelty to it right but my guess is they don't know there's an element of cruelty to it uh, are you sure I can't fat. I mean, I do have to defend women here on this one. That desire to nurture is so instinctual. Sure. I mean, the same way that men have an instinct to seek out visual pleasure or whatever, women have an instinct to 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 nurture. That's sure. just the bottom line. Sure. What I was going to say earlier, it did come back to me, is that you know I understand in those early weeks and months that there is that ease of okay it would just be better to have this child right here in bed absolutely next absolutely but i think that you need to have a, you need to go into this with a game plan of at what point is it time to start training that child to be independent because here's the thing i had a couple in my office a couple years ago and they had drifted apart sexually and emotionally he had actually had an affair with uh with somebody else entirely and 
when I ask, you know, what, you know, retrace your steps. When did when did you guys start disconnecting sexually? She admitted that it was when it was actually his idea. He wanted to keep the child in the bed, and the child was currently at that time still sleeping in their bed at eight yeah. years old. Yeah, eight. It's like, oh my goodness, you are stunting that child's emotional growth. You are, and so. I mean, you tell me, you're the licensed marriage and family therapist. What is a reasonable age, either in weeks, months, or years, <laughs> that, okay, you need to start, you know, establishing that child's sense of autonomy and independence and learning to comfort themselves in the crib at night and turn your attention back toward your marriage bed? At what age? What do you, what would you recommend? Zero. Really? Yes. Okay, from, from the get-go? Yes. Can you just give her a week or two, though? Well, but I mean, seriously, I mean, when because, she comes home from the hospital, she's freaking exhausted. No, she doesn't want to keep getting up and down and up well, and down. Well, okay, but see, this is where you start to create a, an alliance with your partner. Yeah. Of uh, how you many get up and get the baby? Absolutely. And bring it how many how many husbands could do that? Of okay, honey, you stay yeah. there. I got him. I'll bring him to you. I love it, and then I'll take him back. Absolutely. I mean, then it's a joint thing where we're collaborating together. Yeah. To create something. To, 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 to nurture something because husbands have a nurturing side too. I mean, there, we sure. do as humans, that's what keeps the species going. <laughs> I have far more pictures of my husband cuddling with my children right. than me. Cause I'm the photographer, but, but yeah, it, but again, and this is, this isn't anything from the professional standpoint of this. Cause there's not a, a, a set standard of, okay, by six weeks, they've got to be in their own room and, you know, put a TV in there by the time they're one. And, you know, no, it's, it's just the whole, it, it's, I just look at it as the larger story of all the way through it. I, I believe in the structural component of, of a family, the, the dynamic that a structure produces in the sense that priority is the, is the parents, is the adults. Kids are secondary to that relationship. That does not mean they're less important. It's just right. a different importance. Right. And so there's things where, I mean, because how many times where, I mean, I've sat at, I've sat at dinner parties with friends and their family and their kids, and there'd be an adult conversation going on and a kid who was six would, what was that? And the parent would explain it to him. And it's like, to me, when my, when my daughter who's 10 now will say, Hey, what were you guys talking about? I'll look at her and say, that's between you and me and my, your mother and I, that is not your business, baby. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to know. Well, I'm sorry. That's an adult that's, thing. But that sets her free to be a kid. Exactly. Because she doesn't need to be. And not be down and, with adult stuff. And, and lots of kids have the whole, I want to be a part of the adult world. That's the, that's the goal. That's what drives them to mature. Mm -hmm. But it's that finding that balance of how, I mean, we had Sydney in our room for one night in a little bassinet. And then we mm -hmm. realized she is too loud when she sleeps <laughs> because she's just making noises. She's rolling over, whatever. So we mm -hmm. immediately stuck her in her room. And anytime the monitor went off, we'd take care of it. You know, we'd right. go, go get her and do what we need to do and come back. And that's just, you kind of know that going in. I mean, I know, you know, going in with a kid, you're going to be disrupted at night. Sure. So it's not a surprise. <laughs> so, so it's, it's just recognizing, okay, I just need to be clear with how am I showing my life as where are my priorities? Because where I spend my time and focus my energy is where that is. I could say all day long, oh, I love my wife. I love my wife. I love my wife. But if I spend 14 hours a day at my job that doesn't require 14 hours a day, 
but I figure out a way to make it require it, ah. then what am I really saying? Yeah, work is far more important than my wife. Right, or if on my day off, I never get off my phone or a computer, mm -hmm. what am I saying? Or, right. it, you know, so it's just this whole, you've got to be intentional in how you structure your life because I think that's what creates a better attachment with kids. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. But right now I want to, I want to defend women a little bit, not that we're beating them up or anything, but God did wire our brains in such a way that it is proven that hormonally some major shifts happen the moment that she is inseminated. Absolutely. Like literally the moment that that sperm and that egg unite, yep. there is something in her focus and attention that immediately shifts toward her body and she may not realize that until she actually learns that she's pregnant but that that whole process is designed for a, a mother to become uh focused and invested uh on that child mm -hmm. and so i'm not saying that that's a bad thing it is a good thing i think that that's why the species survives is because women are wired to be mm -hmm. incredibly absolutely and providing all of that you know, nurturing and nourishment and all that jazz. So it's normal for you to have that gravitational pull, ladies. It is so normal for you to find it easier to connect with your child and to meet your child's needs. But here's the challenge that, again, we've been talking about what it does to the marriage. Can we also talk about what it does to the child fast forward, like 20 years into the future? Like, I can't fathom that it doesn't feed, and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail on this one, because, I, and I'm not saying that I'm not a big believer in attachment parenting. I, I love seeing moms be the ones to raise their kids as opposed to, you know, farming them out all the time or mm -hmm. whatever, because they have their own interests. Um, and, and I'm pleased, the ladies who are, who are in the situation of they have to work, therefore they have to take their babies to daycare, please know that I'm not, I'm not throwing no. a stone at you. No. I realize yeah. that they're. Survival requires a lot of women to work outside the home and can't be with their kids. And so I just want to give a little shout out to moms who are in that situation. I'm, I'm so sorry, but press on baby doll because surviving or helping that child survive is part of the nurturing thing. It is. Absolutely. But what does a, what does an attachment style parenting style do to a child when it goes on and on and on and on and on for years and years? Let's change it to a child centric style. It, well, that's what I was going to say right. is, is there a point at which now we're border, we're bordering on, on creating a narcissistic child that thinks the world does revolve around them well, because my parents revolve around as, me? Well, yeah, that's what you do. You create the society that we have a little bit that's instant gratification. That's what I have to wait for that. You got to be kidding me. And an entitlement mentality yep. of don't you know who I am? Yep. Like I am the center of the universe. Yep. So I do think that there's something very healthy about parents <laughs> teaching their child that you're not the center of the universe, that you are going to have to be patient, that you do have to sleep in your own bed now that you're a, a certain age. Or yeah, I, I can't say that I don't entirely disagree with what you had said. Uh, we, I never had my child sleeping in my bed with me around the clock because I was quite frankly afraid that Greg would, I mean, he's a big boy. Yep. He's six, seven, like yep. one, one wrong move and that could hurt the baby. Yep. So yeah, yeah. So uh, no, <laughs> I, I, but I just, I, <laughs> I just had the, I just had a picture in mind though. Cause you know how that you see those little onesies or yeah, even little toddler clothes that say, I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see kids in college walking in the first day of college with that shirt. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. And, and you need to be aware of it, professor. <laughs>
Yeah, you need to know. That I mean, in that part of what the whole movement just was on college campuses of we want free tuition and debt relief of student loans. And it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm sorry. That's I don't yeah. want to go our, in the political our world. Is entitled to something that no, generation has never had before. No, it is not. I mean, yeah. come on. The the world we live in is a tough world, and, and so I want to see life, and well, more specifically, I want to see marriage and I want to see families play out on life terms. That it's a model of life on life terms. That's what it I is. I like that. I like that, that it needs to be a microcosm or like early years of parenting need to be a microcosm. What? Because like this year, this year, like? Pam and I are struggling when it comes to uh, Christmas gifts for our kids, because what our kids have listed, they still got this from their cousins of they make a list. That's nothing we're big in favor of. But every year they come out with a list and they put it on the fridge of here's everything we want. And what stinks is everything they've put on their list. We're not getting any of it pretty much. <laughs> Because it's an iPhone and it's a TV in my room and it's a puppy and it's these things. It's like, no, we're not willing to make that kind of an investment or that kind of a choice yet. Sorry. Is it is it that different, though, than when we would ask for a pony? I never asked for a pony, but it's not much different. I did it, too, because you want the latest electronic gadget. You want whatever. You know, I wanted the Xbox or Xbox weren't around. It was an Atari. But, right. you know, Pong. I wanted those kinds of things. <laughs> they were expensive things then, but it's still just that whole, I'm sorry, life on life terms dictates differently than, here, let me shield you from the world. Because you've heard of the whole concept of helicopter parenting. This is where, this is where attachment parenting gets off the rails. You've got helicopter parenting, which is mm -hmm. the parent that's always rescuing their child from their, their consequences of life. Right. Well, you also have another thing that's come along recently called snowplow parenting, which is which is where the, the parents are clearing the way for their kids so they don't have any struggle. And I'm sorry, but struggle is where life is produced. That's true. We And we grow closer to God and more aware of what our strengths are when we are under pressure. You, you grow closer to people when you go through struggle together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where if, if you, you realize that the, the big dopamine release and, the, well, the big oxytocin release in your brain that you get from an orgasm together with your partner, you get a similar type of release when you go through tragedy together. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we've done shows on that before yep. of how sickness and the threat of death and yep. that kind of can really bond you sexually yep. in a really healthy way. Um, okay, so Corey, I'm envisioning, I know that that moment of decision where the mom is really feeling pressure of, you know, shouldn't I just go get the baby and bring it to my bed and let it sleep with me? And it goes on and on and on for, you know, night after night, mm -hmm. week after week, month after month. I was given the advice when our, uh, Aaron didn't do it, but Matthew certainly did it. He went through a, a spell where he would wake up in the middle of the night and scream and cry wanting us to come and get him. Yep. And I catered to that for a little while. And yep. then I was exhausted. And someone that Greg worked with said, you've got to tell Shannon that she has to let him cry it out. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's going to be hell. And yep. it was. Yeah, it absolutely. Was for two nights. Yep. He screamed and yelled for like three hours. We knew that he was safe. We knew that he was fine. He was just trying to manipulate and control the situation, even as a eight month old or whatever. But when we let him cry it out, it magically stopped. Yeah. It magically stopped because he realized I'm not going to get the payoff. And so may as well just save my energy yep. and soothe. And he learned to soothe himself. And so 
it's just kind of an example of what I often say to my kids is, look, parenting is my game and I'm going to win. Yeah. That you know, I'm in charge. <laughs> I call the shots. Yeah. I determine, you know, what you can do and what you can't do and what you can have and what you can't have. And I promise that as you, as you grow older, my intention is never to hold you back. Yep. If anything, I want to catapult you as quickly as I can into independence, into adulthood, into a season of life where you are thriving. But for today, the answer is no. Yeah, I love it because I had a, a grandmother I was working with in a group format uh, with out of control teenagers. And this was this was a grandmother raising her teenage son or teenage grandson. And she, she, she made the statement early on. This is a black lady and I love it just because the the rawness of it. She said, you know what? I looked him in the eye and I said, you're going to get tired before I will in this fight. <laughs> it's my game and I'm going right. to win. And I love it. It's like, <laughs> great. You go girl. Just and but it, again, I just want to bring this whole thing up because I think it's worth exploring because this, the fundamental component I want people to take away from this. And I, and those of you that stuck with this through this whole thing, well done. Mm -hmm. is you and there's probably even some empty nesters sure. who stuck with this well, whole this, program. This is where it applies to everything. Share it with your children right. someday. This is know? where it applies to everything is you teach people how to treat you. And so what what are you teaching your spouse and their importance to you? What are you teaching? Because that, that's the one thing that comes to my mind is you're sitting at the table, you're having a conversation with your spouse, a kid from the back of the house hollers out about needing help with something, you hop to it and go help them. And this is... It doesn't matter on gender of this one, but you just all immediately hold on and you go take care of whatever. And then whatever they're screaming about is not an emergency because there's very few real emergencies in life. Right. Most Blood of the stuff, most of the yep. stuff can even vomit, whatever. You can clean that up. <laughs> It'll be there when you're done. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it's just that whole, what are you teaching? Because if at the same time, maybe in the same day where you're, you're now sitting with your kid working on something and your spouse hollers for something and you don't even acknowledge them. What mm. have you, what have you taught them? My kid's right. more important than you. And right. it's just the whole idea of, I, I want people to understand that there is an element to us that can be cruel. And some of the ways it plays out is in how we parent. Because the people that just espouse themselves as all kindness and compassion scare me. They make me nervous because they're not acknowledging the other side of that. That is, no, hold on. You know, and so it's really just recognizing that I want to be very clear about how I live my life with those around me. I want, my, I want Pam to know I'm into her. And right. I want my kids to know I'm into them. Mm -hmm. but I will drop things for her before I will for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, hold on. I will drop things for them before I will for her. Okay. Oh, I, oh. I realized I reversed that. <laughs> I Whoa, knew, hold yeah. on. <laughs> I'm glad you caught yourself. Yes. I knew what you meant. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know that attachment parenting is all about creating a strong bond Yes. and helping a child feel so secure. Yep. And I, I applaud that. I think there are lots and lots and lots of ways that you can uh, engage in attachment parenting and form that bond and give that security to that child. But when it comes to your marriage bed, I just think that intimacy in the marriage is going to be enough of a challenge just by nature of the fact yeah. that you're parents now, not just spouses, but parents. Let's not make it harder than it has to be. Right. And let me, and let me, end it with, yeah, let me end it with this, because this is the one of the things where I, I did a, when I was teaching at a class one time, I this whole, I went on a little side load of this and 
and uh, one of the things I would hear is, well, you know, we can't, we don't have a whole lot of sex because we couldn't do anything until after the kids are in bed, and so by then one of us is exhausted. Right. And and I understand that, so I just looked them square in the eye because this was a friend of mine that actually brought it up in the in the class, and I, I looked her square in the eye and said, "You have a bedroom door, don't you?" And she said, "Yes." Well, then close the thing and lock right. it. Well, but you what if they the need kids- something? Well, they can knock. You leave the kids alone for lots of different reasons. I got a phone call. I need to yep. to you know run an errand or whatever. What yep. makes them think that they can't uh, focus right. on their marriage long enough to yeah? Yeah, I just I just want people this holiday season be intentional. Yes, and and be clear with what you're saying. In the same way that you teach people how to treat you, you teach people how important they are to you. Yes. And, and there is enough bandwidth that you can make your husband and your children feel incredibly important, yes. ladies. You don't have to sacrifice one for the other. That's right. Well, this has been great. We'll see you next time. We love you for listening.